0: Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. I'm looking at our list. We got a uh, mobile dent repair guy, crane operator, I was going to have them introduce Heating themselves, air conditioning Jack. Repair. I'm just looking at the uh, variety. We'll stop it. Carpenter, sheet metal, pool service.
1: But Perfect. do we have a crane operator?
0: Perfect. And a crane
1: operator. Excellent. Perfect. Turns just out it's what we're looking not for. the bird. It's the tool. It's the mm-hmm. machine. Uh, why don't we have uh, our, our trades panel just say a quick hey, their name and what they do. And then we'll start talking about uh, the world of not... College to cubicle or white-collar work and that sort of thing. Uh, Why don't we start over there with uh,
2: Corey? Corey, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Corey. It'll go something like that. Hi, I'm Corey. Uh, To (laughs) tell people what I kind of want to start, what I don't do first, if that's okay. Go ahead. Make it brief. I don't start and start or uh, stock people in parking lots and ask to repair their car for cash up front. Okay, we uh, run a mobile. You're not that guy. We're not that guy. <laughs> That's not what we do. We do a mobile paintless dent repair service. We come to your home or work, repair your shopping cart dents, door dents, the ex boyfriend punching the car dent, whatever it <laughs> is. Um, there's no suction cups, no dry ice, any of that. It's all metal, metal rods and elbows. All right, ears. good
0: deal. So uh, those other people give you guys a bad name. Uh, the other day I had one he. Pulled in behind me so I couldn't back out. So oh, nice. So he could yell through my window,
1: Hey,
2: you got a debt? You want it out? i about uh-uh. up, mm. well, up front.
1: If I wanted it out, I'd know how to right, do that. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Uh, sir, you are? I'm, I'm Dan John. Uh, I'm the crane operator. Um, 39 years heavy equipment operator, last 25 years running cranes. Awesome. Uh, locally in Sacramento, all the way down to the Bay Area and throughout right,
4: the world. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, you, sir? Scott Chapman, and I am a carpenter by trade and I build custom homes.
5: All right. You? Chris Bomarito, I do heating and air conditioning and from the Fairfield area. All right. Uh. John
6: Lyons, retired uh, sheet metal worker, Local 104. Heavy uh, commercial more so than
0: residential. Okay.
7: And you? I'm Jason Ottercheck, I do uh, pool service and repair.
0: And you know my first thought is there is a lot of America that for whatever reason in the year 2017 feels like you guys are all doing these things because you're incapable of doing the cool sort of thing that is sitting in a cubicle type into, into a computer. Do you have that sense that that is the culture in America?
1: And feel free to step up, you know, you guys said uh, if you if you have a thought jump onto the mic and, and we'll take turns whatever.
0: I by the way know that that is crazy, but uh
4: uh I, I agree completely, um, There, there is a, a, this view that you're in the trades because it was all you could pull off. You weren't smart enough to go to college, you weren't smart enough to work in an office, so you went into the trades because you needed to make uh, some money somewhere, and it's it's just not true. It's, a lot of the smartest people I know chose the trades. They could have done anything, but they didn't want to be in a cubicle. They chose the trades to be challenged, and because not everyone can actually do what we do. It is not a job for idiots. It's a job for people with some real serious brains. The idiots, though, they do give us a really bad rep.
1: The whole uh, you're getting condescended thing, is that something you guys deal with sometimes? Yeah, All the I time. From home.
7: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, typically, you know, when uh, your friends and family, you know, assume you have an intellect and they uh, they ask you questions about uh, various topics and, you know, you can answer them succinctly when you have uh, people that just meet you and they find out you're in a trade, they automatically assume you have no intellect. And you know, oh, oh, well, we need to we need to treat you kind of special. <laughs> yeah, I yeah,
0: wonder what, 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 what drives that or where that came from or how that change happened in the last next the, the last generation. But what did you want to? Add?
2: I have an interesting story. I'm I'm millennial, age 31. So I got sold to go to college. Everything will be fine. So I did that. Quit my parents' company, which is the paintless dent repair company. Went to college. Um, and then I went on my white collar job for about three years. Ended up quitting and coming back. So I have the difference. I did got. I, I think most people think that that's the path they have to go. That's what we're all sold in this generation. Sure. And so we don't we don't give up. Get other options.
0: Yeah, there was an article in USA Today business section the other day that that there are a number of people that have gone the white collar route or college route or whatever that are now realizing that one there's a lot of jobs out there doing the kind of stuff you guys do and that they like it better. But
1: uh, just real quick, if you uh, go around say your age and was there a significant trades
2: type uh, program in your high school or was it all academic i'm 31 there was a, I remember taking a wood shop class for a semester but everything else academic that was
1: it huh
3: yeah i'm 57 and retired now and uh, there was a metal shop and there was a wood shop but that was it
4: yeah okay uh, i'm uh, 39 and other than a very basic wood shop and metal shop there wasn't uh, my high school is now actually putting together uh, a Construction uh, career program that uh, I'm fortunate enough to be part of, and it's really great. But it's uh, it's many many years too late.
1: Yeah, I took woodshop, and uh, I had guys in my class. They were building these incredibly complex, beautiful birdhouses and stuff like that. It's just gorgeous. one guy built his his mom a dresser. I tried to make a cutting board, and it, it wasn't <laughs> a good cutting board. I mean, you could cut on it, but you could cut on a rock. Right, go ahead. <laughs>
5: um, yeah, I'm uh, um, sixty two. And um, what
1: was the question? Was there any sort of uh, shop class trades in In high school? We
5: had a metal shop, wood shop, auto repair.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: Okay, but
5: you know, community colleges are your best bet for trades.
0: Yeah. Okay. God, I would have loved an auto repair class in high school. Yeah.
1: And how how useful is that? I mean, I became aware that uh, my kids and I. You know, it's funny. I just kind of overlooked it. They they reached young adulthood without a single clue how a car works. I mean, like how to adjust the air conditioning, how to squirt the windshield wiper. And then so I had sat all of them down. We went through all of it. But, yeah, I mean, you talk about a skill everybody needs. Come on now.
6: I went to a college prep, uh, Sarah High School, as a matter of fact, San Mateo. They did not have shop classes. I did transfer to San Mateo where they did have shop classes. But somewhere along the line, I think the college became the big business as far as... Uh, going to school, but um, they got to bring uh, more of that trade stuff back in school because like we're talking here, a lot of people aren't college material, and you get outside and do the work we do, There's, it's a lot more rewarding, you go different places, you see different things.
7: I'm uh, 31, and I actually went to a uh, private prep academy, and uh, we had zero trades, zero woodshop. Because nothing. that's
0: only for dumb people. Why would you <laughs> doom somebody to that life? Yeah, exactly. My God.
7: Yeah, so I actually got out went to college and then joined the military. Which is the ultimate trade school, <laughs> yeah, true, yeah, uh what'd you do in the military uh electronics
1: Oh okay, all right, good deal
0: so uh, how many of you I don't want to get into you know specifically what you're making, even though you're um you know more or less anonymous here I guess to to people, but uh you can make a living and support a family doing these things, correct? Well, everybody's nodding absolutely. their head, absolutely
1: yes. is anybody uh poverty stricken forced to uh, sell your body fluids for uh you know <laughs> your rent or anything like that?
4: No. Not in the summertime. The wintertime is special.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Does anybody want to speak to that? The, the kind of I started out at blank and it went to blank, and it just kind of a career path thing.
4: Sure. Um. So I started when I was 16 as a laborer. Now I I had a leg up, and my father was a general contractor. Uh, so I had a, I had an easy in. I had to keep it and earn it. But I worked my way up year after year after year for the last 25 years. And uh, one of the great things is is even though it, it's a career and you have to work your way up, you start out above minimum wage. Right now, uh, a carpenter's apprentice, first year, no experience, nothing, is going to start at somewhere around 16 bucks an hour, maybe 18 if the guy's really hurting for it. Now, this, I'm in Sonoma County. Wages are a little different over there than they may be in SAC. But it, that's a good start. You're definitely above minimum wage. And if you've got some brains and some drive, you can work your way up um, in 10 years to be making 25 bucks an hour. And if you really want to do it, I mean, you can go as far as you want to go. It's really based on your true interest and drive, uh, to be in your trade.
0: Boy, in terms of, uh, not only making a living from, from what I understand for a lot of jobs, you could go practically anywhere in the country if you have these skills. So you got the whole country open to you. Where would you like to live? Do you want to live... Closer to where you grew up, or where your girlfriend is, or you just like the climate there, or whatever. And there, are, there aren't many careers where you can do that.
1: Yeah, we got to take a short break, but why don't we come back and talk a little more about the whole career path thing, get some more examples, and, uh,
0: and go from there. Yeah, I don't know how you change. I, I, it's, I get the sense that maybe it's changing back some. That article in USA Today the other day, the 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 stuff Mike Rowe's doing around the country, that maybe the attitudes changing back. But got to change this attitude that this is somehow like a oh, I guess you can only do this sort of lifestyle. That's so crazy. Stay with us on the Armstrong and Getty Show. sledgehammer, Michael. I get it. An attempt at humor, I suppose. <laughs> a very little attempt. Now, we did have one person in here on our panel who said they wanted to get their picture taken with you because you're a national treasure, <laughs>
8: which, which is something my wife always says. I've said it
0: many times uh, uh, Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So we have our trades panel, our blue collar panel, guys, who
1: have not uh, uh, gone with or not stuck with the classroom to college to white collar thing, which for years, decades in America has been seen as some sort of that's a shame about Jim. Did you hear about him? Yeah, he's he's got a job with his hands, and, you know, which is very odd, very odd in the land of the free and home of the brave. And we, uh, along with Micro and some other people, are trying to kind of, uh, you know, expose the stupidity of that attitude, especially because there are lots and lots of really, really good jobs at really, really good rates of pay that are available these days. So we got our panel, a bunch of guys do a bunch of different things. And so we got uh, one little uh, story about uh, I started out doing this, blankety-blank. We want to hear about your career paths briefly. And you guys can be as specific as you want to be about money. I mean, if you want to tell everybody what you make, go ahead. We're we just got a text
0: you. from somebody said that one dude's making a lot of money. <laughs> so I'm not going to say what, but...
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, uh, Corey, why don't you fire away? So I think as I'll try to encompass everything, the college, when you go to college, you get a general education. Um, that's what you're typically starting there for. And then you specialize. I think um, I think what we need and what we're missing is people specializing in an actual skill, something like paintless dent repair or contracting or crane operating. And I think that's where the country is shifting is to a specialization. And so when you have a specialization, you can choose to work as hard as you want or not as hard or get as good as you can at it or or don't excel. And so the money is really... When you have a skill, it's determined up to you. People in our industry can make anywhere from $40,000 upwards of close to $200,000, depending on how much you want to work, what your skill is, what kind of business you can build, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Dan, talk to us. How about you? Yeah, uh, Love and crane operating. Uh, I'm just retired
3: recently, and, and it's a skill that, that I've I've worked with heavy equipment. And, and as I worked through the years, the last 25 years, i worked into the cranes, and it's a it's a well paying job um easily make a hundred k a year uh my son's doing it now mm-hmm. uh, he's just starting start from the bottom he's going to enter the apprenticeship program so
1: you started on earth movers and you know smaller less movers, you can kill lots dosers. of people type so I actually food equipment. on
3: the drilling rigs.
0: but the oh, idea okay. you're dressed casually as I generally dress, I'm not today for some weird business reasons, but um hey, let me down I'm thinking i'm yeah thinking, where's your Skinner t shirt you're time. putting on airs. I actually am. This is not the way I dress. I'm a racist. But uh, the average, like, thirty-year-old in a an in khakis and a collared shirt who's in a cubicle making thirty-two thousand dollars would look at you and think, "Poor, poor old working-class guy, Are you struggling kidding? in life." And
3: how did we how did we ever come up with that idea? I had a great job. I mean, I got to go different places every day. I drove a, a crane that weighed ninety-six thousand pounds down the freeway. Down to San Jose or over here, or put an AC up here, or put a pool in somebody's backyard, or uh, a spa somewhere, or or build a bridge, or um, you know just anything that needed to be done, and anything you do with a crane, and, and I got to be in a different place every day. My office was a phone booth, and basically the size on, on my crane, and but it it had the levers inside of it, and and and. I just enjoyed my life. We've talked about this
0: for years. They put out a list every year of worst jobs in America. And the best jobs are always jobs that are in a cubicle. And the worst jobs are always jobs that are outside. Because whoever puts that list together has some sort of assumption that working outside is a fate worse than death. And uh, when I was a high school kid and I worked in feedlots in western Kansas, none of those people I worked with, I worked with a lot of actual cowboys. They were by definition cowboys. But they would have died. They would have hung themselves if they had to work inside. They loved working outside. It was hot and snowy, depending on the weather. But they would have killed themselves if they were. Not everybody wants to work inside. Uh, Chris, tell us
5: about your uh, rise. Well... Uh, graduated high school, went to a community college, and I was taking up body design. I wanted to make real nice cars. I grew up in Detroit, and uh, I was uh, walking by the heating and air class and saw a friend of mine. Looked in there, and I could relate to what all that was. So uh-huh. I took, changed, took up heating and air, moved to California from Detroit. Uh, couldn't get a job. Finally got a job, below minimum wage. Worked my way up. Everybody laughed at me, and. In no time at all, they were shaking my hand and asking me to help them fix their side jobs and everything else. And I ended up going in my own business. And uh, I've uh, been in heating and air for a long time doing uh, energy programs for the utilities, different stuff for energy efficiency. And uh funny story, my son, about 15, he said, Dad, what do you really do? Because my my friends say there's no way you can... Live in this nice house, have this nice car, and do heating and air.
0: <laughs> That's interesting.
6: That is funny. Um, All right, yeah, go ahead. To comment on what Jack was saying, technology plays a big part into why people don't do jobs like this anymore. Um, I mean, when I started out, I took cut and pay from working for the county of San Mateo. I think apprentices made 495 in 78 when I started. But what's going on now with the technology? I mean, I did all the jobs. I washed dishes, you know, did clean houses, and all that stuff uh, before college and what have it. Kids don't do that anymore. Right. Everything is, uh, is on, as what we're looking right here on, on your desk there, everything a technology. You're right. They don't want to fix anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the other thing, too, with, my, with the sheet metal trade, we are, and most of us in here who have pensions are dinosaurs. We have defined pensions, which are going away. And it's based on, ours is based on how many hours you put in. And uh, the education we got as an apprentice, the schooling we got, you get a job, like minimum wage, maybe $16, $15 bucks an hour to start, but you get health care right away, you're contributing to a 401, and you're also getting a pension for later on in life as a career. Uh, it, it was a great uh, thing for me, and I'd do it all over again. And, and what I also miss is I miss the camaraderie on the job sites. And like, you know,
0: me, that's, that's another thing that I've seen with a lot of your, the kind of jobs we're talking about here is there, there's, there's, there's a real team working on something, seeing something, you're accomplished camaraderie sort of thing that I don't see in a lot of office places. I'm not trying to say that, that, that the office world is a bad way to go either, but that there is a lot of, we're part of something that happens in the, in the, we the, just know
6: right here. I don't know any of these guys. I just met them today, but we're all our stories we have. It's just, you know, the camaraderie we we can relate to things that have happened on the job site and, uh, like I was discussing with a crane operator about the uh, um, 89 uh, accident in San Francisco,
1: you know, and this, the stories that you have about
6: that stuff and, and, and just your uh, career.
1: It's, uh, it's great. Yeah, Jason, talk to us. Talk about, uh, you know, how you started and, and where you're at now.
7: Uh, well, I got started from, uh, I was actually in the Navy, and uh, when I separated, um, I started going to college, and my, my plan was to be a doctor and uh, up until about uh, six months ago, I think I was doing part time. No, about a year ago, I was doing part time, and then uh, I just started expanding. And you're in uh,
1: pool service and repair, right? Yes. So for folks just tuning in, yeah.
7: Yes, and uh, so you know, after I uh, kind of made the shift of uh, having, um, you know, new children, I uh, <laughs> I ex- expanded my trade, and uh, you know, now I'm just growing and probably going to stick to what I'm doing. Um.
1: I see in your sheet how much money you make doing what you do. It is a significant amount of money. You are nowhere near the poverty line. (laughs) Wow, at your Um, age, that's what you're making. And and you've been doing pool service and repair
7: for about a year full-time? Uh, I've been doing it for about five years oh, okay. part-time and about a year full-time. I guarantee
0: okay. you, and you probably know this, and it's sad and it's unfortunate, but I guarantee you, you meet most people in suburban America and tell them what you do. They think, oh, my God, his poor kids, they must be on food stamps, or mm-hmm. they must right. have parents who are helping them out because there's no way he could possibly support a family doing that. Well, it it's, funny. Just, it's just ridiculous.
1: He's not here today, but we were corresponding with a guy who repairs elevators in a uh, big American city. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a union gig, but he was making... Uh, he's making hella bucks as the kids say. I mean, yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars and he's got a minimum wage janitor saying, "Hey you, you, clean that up, would you? Pick that up." And he's thinking, "Who are you talking to? I own your subdivision." But, you know, perceptions are perceptions. When the, the, when yep.
4: I was oh, sorry, when when I was um 18 and getting out of high school, um, my, uh, still working for my uh, my, co- my dad's company, which uh, uh, I've been fortunate enough to take over. Um, my dad sat me down. It was Thanksgiving morning. We were on a job pulling a bunch of carpet out of a place that hadn't had needed to be out the day before, and it wasn't. So we were there Thanksgiving morning doing work, and he sat me down and said, uh, I need to make a decision on where this company goes. Are you interested? And I said, well, I'm, I'm 18. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, computers seem to be the wave of the future, and we talked about that a bit, and this was the uh, mid-90s. And then my dad said, well, that's true. Who's going to build all those computer millionaires' mansions? And uh, he pointed out uh, something that I I hadn't really thought of, is that the trades, um, there's a lot to be made for somebody with some brains and some drive. There is a ton of work out there. All of us here, we were talking, everybody slammed there aren't enough guys out there to hire right now um it's it's a real problem for the industry okay
0: that's that's a good transition we got to take a break i want to talk about that on on one of these segments of the hiring people on on, and how difficult that is and why and uh you know that whole world because that's a good one that's a good one
1: yeah good deal why don't we uh, take a break have marshall just hit us with a couple of quick headlines
0: What's coming up in, uh, to tell us about, Marshall? All right. The grand jury
8: investigation into Russian meddling is picking up steam. And, yes, it will be following the money trail. And why, swearing, why swearing a lot is a good thing. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty.
0: We'll hit that quickly and be back to our uh, conversation. Yeah, I want to get into um, it's so hard to hire. We hear that from everybody. Why is that? What's, uh, what's missing out there? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We're going to make this real quick with Marshall so we can get back to our uh, trades blue ca- collar panel. And we'd realized most of the guys in here are actually wearing blue collars. It was just a coincidence. Uh Marshall what do you got Well the investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016
8: presidential election taken a very serious turn the Wall Street Journal reports that special counsel Robert Mueller has indeed impaneled a grand jury He's issued grand jury subpoenas related to Donald Trump Jr's meeting uh, with a Kremlin linked Russian lawyer and CNN is also reporting that Fake Mueller's news ins- and CNN's also reporting that Mueller's investigators are looking into Trump and his associates financial ties to Russia which could potentially provide a path to prosecution more assuredly than the campaign collusion issue.
0: We're going to talk to a guest coming up a little later about what all that might mean.
8: Well, Congress is scattered. They've gone off for their summer recess, leaving behind a slim record of achievements and esteeming President Donald Trump. Presidents angry about what the Republican-led Congress couldn't do, repeal Obamacare. And we got a published report saying the Secret Service has vacated its command post inside Trump Towers due to a dispute with President Trump's company over lease terms for the space. Well I think they could work that out. <laughs> Washington Post says the Secret Service had been stationed in an office a floor down from the president's apartment, but was moved to a trailer outside the building following the lease dispute. So they have decided to move on out. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the
0: voice of the West. Thank you very much. So we got a bunch of dudes in here, and it's kind of interesting. We, I don't know, I had hundreds of people submit for this little panel. One female? One that I recall that submitted, and she couldn't make it today. So, is well I don't want to spend a lot of time in this heavily heavily male dominated the the, yes. the, the the trades world.
1: Big time.
2: I think Any particular a, reason? What, for, what what percentage? Just real quick. Your my my you, industry is I know of two women in the country. Okay, it's in nine, the
0: country,
4: it's ninety nine percent. Okay,
0: so so uh, well, okay. I was going to get into hiring and how hard it is hiring, everything like it. Why is it so male dominated? Why is that?
6: Probably historically on the physicality of it, but. Uh, not to doubt the new technology coming out, like, uh, with the sheet metal, we used to, uh, put stuff on paper and submit it. Now everything's on iPads and what have you. And the sheet metal does encourage women to get in the trade. There's a lot of parts of the trade where on their CAD and their design and, and things of that nature. But I think it's just, uh, the, the history and the, but the, the jobs are there for the gals. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They, okay. en- they oh. encourage them to, uh, to apply.
5: Absolutely. Heating and air, uh, sheet metal, women should apply. They're well suited for it
0: but we've heard from a bunch of different people heating and air is one of them that it's very difficult to hire people
1: yeah let's talk about that so you want to run another crew or whatever you need a new guy what's it like trying to find people
2: it, like, I, like i was talking about earlier a specialization skills gap it's, with paintless dent repair i would say at minimum two years of training um i can't go anywhere and find somebody i have to train them myself And so that's the problem, is finding somebody committing to making that lower wage for two years before they can make what they want. Scott?
4: Yeah, um, with carpentry, um, all, all of my guys are carpenters of one level or another. Right now, specifically, it's impossible to find anybody who's got five or six years' experience. And that's specifically from the downturn in 08 and 09. It killed construction, and so guys who got out of school in 08 or 09, they got no training. Uh, And so now they're, you know, here we are eight years more or less down the road, and they want to get into construction, but they have no experience. So they're starting back down at that sub $20, but they're in their late 20s. They need to make more than that, and they can't. The uh, other big problem that uh, I don't want to speak for everyone here, but I wouldn't be surprised if they agree, is it is nearly impossible to find guys who've got the drive and the interest who will come to work every day on time, ready to work. Every day, I mean, it's, it is a killer.
6: Ninety percent is showing up for construction, and is uh, completely
0: is whiz quizzing a problem? I got one buddy who can't has trouble hiring people because he can't get anybody who will
4: pass I, the whiz I, quiz. I, a lot given,
0: of the trades
7: don't drug test at all. Oh, okay, no, don't, we don't
4: we don't yeah. do it. In fact, in interviews, um, it's, it's I've been chuckling recently. Uh, I asked the question: Are you a drug user? And every every answer recently has been no. Well, I mean, weed, right. and, and it's just the way it is. I've literally yeah. given well, up. Well,
0: that's good.
6: And that's that's the drug that shows up because it stays with sure. you. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, they are. You work on a Kaiser project, any hospital, uh, even though our union in the Bay Area does not uh, drug test. You will be tested uh, when you go on a Kaiser project.
1: Interesting. The client insists on it. Talk about hiring folks, finding guys who want to work. Anybody want to jump in?
3: Well, you know, with, with me being with the Opera Engineers, uh, I was the last class I was in, and it was talk about women. There was about forty of us showed up for the class, and there was one woman in there. And, you know, women can, have, can apply for the apprenticeship. I've worked with, you know, women through the apprenticeship, you know, heavy equipment operators. They can run that. But, you know, running cranes is a little bit different. Uh, they, I've seen them run dozers and loaders and, and, you know, even excavators. But, you know, most of the time in cranes, there's a lot of physical work in there, too. So that's where some of the issues come through with, with the women. And, but the they, operators do have apprenticeship program, and they get to apply for it. And when accepted, they can go through their apprenticeship. Hard, young,
1: uh, working young woman is interested in the field, wants to do it. Would any of you hesitate to hire a gal?
4: Not at all. No, no, i Okay, I've hired them before. One comment I would like. I'm like the
1: federal government. That was <laughs> the correct answer. <laughs> one,
4: one comment I'd like to make is that it's not when it comes to the physical side. It's not just an issue for women. I've hired plenty of young men who just didn't have the body type to stick it out in uh, a very physical trade. Where do you Ada... call them a
0: puss and head them out the door, or what do you do?
4: Not officially. Not, anymore. No, not no, no, some, some of them. Right. Uh, I've I've had I've had plenty of guys come to me after a month or two and say, you know what? I'm hurt all the time. I'm sore all the time. I just don't think I'm cut out for this kind of work. That's not a shot. Not everybody can work all day long physically. It's it's it isn't for everyone.
2: Just like the white collar, not everything. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is made for the college white collar. Not everybody's made for the blue collar either. And I
6: I have a sheet metal back, lower back, and. Uh, Thank God my uh, health care uh, covers
1: chiropractic, which helps out immensely. Yeah, you can get worn out physically. i got a, a buddy who's an electrician who works outside all the time, and he's essentially told me, I can't work outside anymore, 100-plus degree heat. It's just I've had it. You know, hes I think he's past 40 now.
5: Yeah. yeah, the older you get, the harder it gets. But, well, you that's know, when you want to become the boss, I'd imagine. Or, exactly. Yeah. Your knowledge is valuable. Mm-hmm. Right. And, in fact, when we talk about skilled trades, Nobody can take that knowledge away from us. Unlike, like, in a cubicle, they just lay you off. And you have a house, a mortgage, a family, and you have nothing. You can't take this away on a skilled trade. We need more people in skilled trades. And a lot of millennials want to shortcut the system. They want it all now. They want to just jump right to the It's funny.
0: I just was getting a text from a buddy of mine who was a... Work boots guy, worked his way up. He's in a management position now. He's in his 50s trying to hire people, and he said interviewing these millennials is unbelievable. They get mad if I even ask them any questions, and they're all mad at starting at the bottom. He just was texting me this morning about that. Interesting. Now, that's a different cultural problem that probably exists in any kind of work, white-collar or blue-collar. Everybody wants to start at mid-level or higher.
2: Corey? I think in the skilled trades, um, at a certain point, once you get the skill, it becomes more egalitarian. Um, So, I mean, as far as moving up in office-level management... It's a little different when you're out in the field and you can actually guys can speak to this. If you can show up every day and do the job, you're 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 going to be treated almost as an equal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think as far as what what you were saying is uh, automation will eventually take those white collar jobs and you will get put on the street and you won't have a specific skill to go to. And I think no nobody's job here can be taken over by a robot in the next decade which I think is an interesting point. Boy, so it
0: sounds to me like if you want job security and mobility, like you could go anywhere and stay employed for a while, a lot of your jobs are the way to go.
7: Let's All, uh, uh, Go ahead. Almost anywhere. Uh, the poll trade is uh, not really <laughs> transferable up north.
1: Right. I, I remember you tried up in the Yukon for a while, and it just <laughs> went poorly. Hey, real quick, so this isn't 100% cheerleading. Let's go around the room and uh, tell us the downside of what you do.
2: Um, there are... A lot of my age millennials are looking for benefits, and there are not a lot of benefits in this particular type of trade. Um, there's not a lot of pension plans or even health insurance. There and would so be a, under
1: Rand Paul's uh, plan. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: I don't see much downside in crane operating other than, you know, the winters get pretty harsh. and But, you know, like the Horville Dam, when it went, they needed a lot of help there. Uh, uh, it gets slow in the winter time, summertime, 104 degrees outside. That, that's kind of tough on you. But, you know, there's A.C. in some of the cranes, and... Uh, but not all of them. But right. uh, other than that, that's that's it. Right. Okay, Scott.
4: Yeah, uh, it, a lot of the downsides are, are physical, as we were just mentioning. Um, there's a kind of an old joke. There aren't a lot of 60-year-old carpenters. It, if you are if you want it for a career, you need to uh, work on a path that gets you into management, either owning your own business or being a, a superintendent for another company. Um, and when, like Dan said, winters can be really brutal. You gotta, you've got to make hay when the sun shines because when it's raining, uh, it can be a real problem, especially this la- winter like this last one mm-hmm. was a killer um, the, uh, and you know, I'm an open shop, uh, so we don't have, um, backing of a union. So, you know, my guys don't get, um, benefits, things like that. Um, it's, it's one of those industries where if, if you're going to go open shop, you've got to be smart with your money and you've got to create your own retirement. So that can be a bit of a downside.
1: Okay. As quick as we can, Chris, go ahead. What's a downside, yeah.
5: downside, extreme temperatures, hot or cold upside. There's nothing better than being on a roof. Watching in the morning, it's just beautiful out there, and it's just so rewarding. The sun's coming up.
1: Okay, good deal. Uh John?
6: Uh, I don't really see a downside either. In the sheet metal trade, you can do outside work, architectural, or inside HVAC. The uh, one thing I want to toot the horn about the sheet metal trade is we get a piece of flat metal, and uh, we make shapes, forms, and uh, geometry uh, plays a big part. And technology, the robot has already taken over some of the shop work as far as a plasma cutter. Where now they can uh, they can input into the machine, and it will cut the form for you, and then you just form it up. I mean, it'll lay it out. Mm-hmm. That's where uh, the cerebral part is uh, being taken over sure. by robots.
7: Jason? I'd say the downsides of the pole trade are uh, any job that you drive for a living is dangerous, and then, of course, uh, skin cancer.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, droughts?
7: You ever get bit by
1: dogs? I used to get that when I was a paperball. ball. I, I, I carry an
7: eight-foot metal pole, so uh, uh, yeah, that's I, I will defend
1: myself. That gets old fast, getting bit by dogs. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with our blue-collar panel, our trades panel. Anybody want to tweet at us or text us or email us questions you'd like to have answered, do it.
0: Yeah, the text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC, and we'll wrap this up. Pretty damned interesting. I'm going to be talking to my kids about this when they're older. Let them know all the options are out there. Uh, You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
8: Uh, Breaker 1-9, this here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, Big Ben? Come on. Oh, uh, yeah, 10-4, Big Ben, for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to Flagtown. Come on.
1: Really, Michael? Yeah, it's a Big Ben door <laughs> there, Big Ben. Yeah, we
0: definitely got the front door good, buddy. First so thing, we're wrapping our, up our Mike conversation, con, whatever you want to call oh, it, it blue-collar panel or trades panel or whatever. I just got a text from a friend of mine who said his... Uh, Plumber, buddy, made $400,000 last year. You know, I don't want to leave the impression that everybody gets rich doing all this sort of stuff, but it is a, um, you know, it's a career path that's perfectly, yeah, it's viable. You can you can make a living, you can support a family, you can stay employed, which is really what a human being needs to do. Chris was in the heating and the air conditioning uh, business. What did your buddy
1: just text you?
5: Oh, he texted saying,
1: he texted saying, uh,
5: mention our name, give us a plug, we're hiring and we will train.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was one thing we were chatting about during the commercials. Virtually everybody in the room has had to institute their own apprenticeship program. You go to, go ahead, come to me knowing nothing. I'll train you up because that's the only way I can find guys.
0: What do you think would change the culture? Anybody have an idea to where uh, the, the kind of jobs you guys do would look be looked at on at least an even plane as a, as white collar cubicle jobs?
2: Schooling, yeah, I think it's High to get the shops back. Exposure, I think exposure. Yeah, I mean. I hope when my kids are older, I can, I can send them to a lot of my friends and have them do these things for a week apiece. Be a construction worker, be a pool person, be a dent repair technician, and go around and just see what it, what it looks like versus the white collar.
1: Idea. Tell me if you like it or not. Every high school in America should have a full careers day blue collar careers. Trades. Yeah, I mean, have yes. eight, ten, twelve different fields represented.
4: We, we uh, did that at my uh, old high school uh, uh, earlier this uh, summer, and it was great. Uh, a couple hundred kids came through, talked to about uh, eight or ten different uh, tradesmen from around town, local guys, mm-hmm. and um, the phone started ringing with kids looking to how, how do we hire on, uh, you know, for a summer job, or I'm going to graduate this year, how do I get into it? It, it, I, I agree uh, with Corey that it's uh, exposure.
6: Yeah, the school's got to uh, step up because they're producing a lot of people that they think are going to college to go to JC, and they got to do remedial courses because they weren't trained in that.
1: Right, and, uh, you know, it's all about the standardized tests, you know, for people who have no intention of ever excelling at, you know, trigonometry. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other thoughts on the idea? Does it schools, education?
3: Yeah, it's, it's definitely the schools. They're, they're pressing a higher education for them, you know, and they their teachers, they they're promoting teachers and keeping you know everybody in the loop, but uh, I really honestly think it, it's uh, the education or, or career days or something like that needs to be mandatory. It's, it would be a great thing. I, I didn't know about this then.
0: So. You know what I heard from a, a lot of you to summarize though is that you can uh, you can and the this is something we talk about a lot. This is true, blue collar, white collar, or anything. So people that show up um, and uh, and That's try gross. hard do pretty well. What? <laughs>
5: God, it's all so basic. Consistent, you know? consistency, and perseverance is not what matters in the trades. Yeah, and you show up every day. You work hard. You see it through. You've got all kinds of forces working against you. You're not cut out for this. Uh, you'll never be anything. You just stay consistent, persevere, and you rise to the
1: top. Dan, 20 seconds. You you wanted to jump in there with something or?
3: Yeah, you're not afraid of working. You you got to go out and work work for a living, and in, it is all about to show up show up on time. Show up a little early every day. That's there's what it is. You show up on time, you're already five minutes behind or a half hour behind, especially in my trade. Uh, you got to go fire your crane up, let it warm up, or your truck or your tractor and trailer or whatever you're driving that mm-hmm. day, and you pick up your dispatch, and your dispatch tells you where you're going to go. So you've got to map this out. If
1: you're, you're not ready. early, you're late. Cool. Do all you have all ten of your fingers. Joey. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I didn't work nice. the shop much. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, thanks uh, for coming in. All you guys. Well, appreciate you. it. Knew you thank had you. to take some time off and a bit of a pain, but thanks.
0: Yeah, that was very, very interesting, and we will have this knowledge to go forward with for years to come because we've been talking about this a lot. And we have Mike Rowe on a lot, as you know, and this is a big cause for him. He's helping change the culture, I think, with his various programs. Yeah, if anybody wants to uh, email or text any thoughts or whatever, we'll hit them uh, next hour or tomorrow or whatever. Hope you enjoyed that. You are listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.